The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, beginning with the ninth chapter. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, Proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. You received without payment. Give without payment. Take no gold or silver or copper in your belts. No bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff. For laborers deserve their food. Whatever town or village you enter, find out who in it is worthy, and stay there until you leave. As you enter a house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave that house or town. Truly I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. See, I am sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of them, for they will hand you over to councils and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings because of me, as a testimony to them and the Gentiles. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you at that time. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father to his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all because of my name, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I tell you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon.
morning. How are you? Good. Good. That's good. Hmm. What you been up to on summer vacation so far? What's up? Going to the beach. Anthony, Ooh. Anthony, me, and Amanda. Yeah, that sounds like fun. What'd you do, Phineas? Ooh. Been having fun in the pool, huh? Yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Beach? Wow. I gotta hang out with all you guys more. Yeah. Summer camp. Oh, I just got back from camp too. What'd you do there? Swam. It was a really hot week. I'm glad you guys were able to find the pool. That's good. How many of you, now I know not all of you, but how many of you have been decorating these things and putting something in it over the past couple weeks? How many of you remember being told to do that? (laughs) There you go. So just as a reminder, these are little offering boxes. So inside them we put whatever money we want to give to the church, whatever work or ability we have, we can draw it and put it in here. Whatever time we want to give, we can write that down and put it in here. This is a collection of how we support the work of our congregation here at Trinity. And you've also had two jobs. One is to draw on half of it, all the things you like best about Trinity, all the blessings that you have there. And on the other side, you're to draw all the things that you've known about God. Now, in case you don't have this with you, We also, as adults here at Trinity, wrote down on all these index cards that you see coming out of the font, all the things we love about Trinity. And you see that they are just overflowing the font. As we are a congregation together, as we are together every Sunday, we see the good things and the blessings of God. We also took time to write down everything that we know about God. And you see these pouring off of the table. When we have communion, when we hear the word proclaimed, we hear about God. That's what we do here, right? We learn about God. We learn about how God loves us and what God would have us do. So, I have a question for you. Do you know what a calling is? Yeah, what's a calling? It's telling some, it's um, telling something. Yeah. And then you're spreading your word. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's what you're supposed to do. It's what you're supposed to do. What you're supposed to do. Now, I bet you guys have all had everyday callings. Uh, does your par- do your parents ever call you? Yeah, yeah. What's that sound like? Yeah. Michael, get down here. here. That's right. Now, sometimes it's like that, and you know you better hurry up, right? And sometimes it's like, Michael, come on down. And and then you know you're okay, right? It can be a a lot of different types of callings. Did you know that God has a calling for you too? Did you know that? Yeah. We have a lot of different callings from God. Sometimes it's what we are to do in our everyday work in life. Sometimes it's how we are to be. Sometimes, and this is the calling every one of us has, it's just that we're loved. Your parents tell you that they love you, right? God tells you too. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. 
But together, as we gather in this room, we have a special calling. And that's to be a church. God calls you Phineas, Michael, Ava, all of you. God calls you to be a church. Now, how do you be a church? What? We gather together and we go inside the church and then we call the God. Very good. We gather together. That is key. We come to worship. That is key. How else do we be a church? We have this. Very good. We learn about God, right? So we study together. How else? My grandma used to do this when I was just a baby. Here's the moon. Here's the steeple. Look inside and here's all the people. Yeah. Yeah. There's people in the church, isn't it? That's the key, right? People and God coming together. Yeah, Phineas. Stand together as a family? Perfect. We come together and we figure out what God wants to do us to do over and over and over again. There's some things we always do. We will always worship as a congregation. We will always pray. We will always learn about God. But then there's things that we do a lot of different ways. We don't always study the same way, even though we study the same thing. We don't always learn the same way, even though we learn the same thing. We don't always serve the same way, even though we serve the same God. Things change at church. But the reason that we gather together everything that we have and everything that we are and all our money is so that we can be church. If nobody was here, would we have a church? Nope. God uses people. God uses you and me and the ones that God called to be Trinity. So, you are Trinity, and you are Trinity, and you are Trinity, and you, and you, and you, you, and you, 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 me, and everybody. We, by the grace of God, are called to be Trinity. That's why we share our gifts. So, go home, find those boxes <laughs> that are somewhere, make sure you draw on them and write on them, make sure you give in them, and next week bring them back. Well, actually, two weeks from now. We're going to be at the South Mountain Fairground next week. Two weeks from now, bring them back and put them into the offering so that we can continue to be Trinity together. Sound good? Very good. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for a church that we like coming to. We give you thanks for the way that we learn about you, how we hear your voice calling us, that you love us, and that you want us to be together. We ask that when this is hard, you would give us grace and help us to pursue what you would have us do. We ask that when this is easy, we might share even more freely that in all things, we would continue to be a church together and bless all those we come in contact with through it. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Hey.
Segen. In the name of Jesus, amen. You just heard everything that we've been doing for the past couple weeks. We began in this sixth month, this halfway point in our year, reviewing what stewardship is. And way back in January, we talked about the mechanics of stewardship, what it means to tithe, what it means to sit down and look at all the gifts that we've been given, and then to mark out how we're going to share that with the church and God's work in the world. Here in this sixth month, here in this halfway point, we've been talking differently about stewardship, not just the mechanics of it, but how God uses stewardship for the good of the church and the community. That first week we wrote down everything we loved about Trinity, and we talked about the good purpose of a church The work of a church at its best, by the grace of God, is to be a known font. The river of living water pouring out of us. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen other places. It doesn't mean that we're the only well in this area, but we are a known font of blessing. And so we see the things, the blessings of Trinity come pouring out of the font. And that second week, we had that text Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations on Holy Trinity Sunday. And we talked about how that therefore isn't just recalling what's immediately happened, but asks us to recall all of who God is. And so we see that moment, that therefore moment, overflowing our cup and chalice in communion. All that we know about God all that we've been blessed with in the promises of God come together in one moment where if you haven't gotten it yet, Christ comes down from heaven and like the synod speaker Dave Daubert told us, we stick Christ in your face and say, Christ is for you. For you. For you. On this third and final Sunday as we study stewardship, We talk about calling. The disciples in today's text have a calling, this initial uh, calling that I do not covet. That seems like a mountain of work and a world of confusion and hurt. It is hard to go into the world that doesn't necessarily want you and to proclaim the kingdom of God for a world that would rather stay the same and to be led into the places that I am truly terrified of. It seems like a difficult task. And yet, as they are sent, God promises, Christ promises, the Spirit moves to be with them, to be among them, to be for them. There's a single hinge point verse in this text 
that puts it all back into perspective. The way that is phrased in the NRSV, the text that we have today, is you received without payment, give without payment. But there's actually a translation that has stuck in my heart over time that I think says it a little more clearly. You received freely. Give freely. We have received freely. Give freely. As we see in the font, as we see at the table, as we see in the unnameable places every Sunday and every moment that we are gathered together, we have been richly blessed to be a congregation. We have been richly blessed to be Trinity together. My life, your life would not be the same without this blessing of God. You have received freely. If you should put your whole life into the offering plate, it would not be enough for the blessings that come out of this congregation, of the work that God does by the grace of God through this congregation. You have received freely. We stand on the shoulders of people who built this congregation by the grace of God in 1781. And I know that none of our names were mentioned at that moment. And yet, the stewards of every generation remembered us. Not knowing our faces and not knowing our names. They remembered us and they remembered the calling of God. Because they had received freely, they gave freely. And here we sit today, not by anything that we have done and not by any merit, being blessed by the grace of God once again. We have received freely. And we give freely. It is our moment and it is our time to be Trinity Lutheran Church. And you and I both know that this is met with great joy and great work. Great eagerness and a healthy amount of fear. But this is what Luther meant in every part of his small catechism that we are to love and serve God. We are to love and fear God. We have been richly blessed and we have received freely. Freely give. The fruits of our stewardship are abundant and multiplied far beyond the baskets and loaves that we hear about in Scripture. At this halfway point, remember the gifts of God that you have been given. Take stock of all the ways that you've been blessed. And when you run out of paper in your house, consider what it means to freely give. The gospel will always be here for you. It will always be proclaimed somehow, some way. 
This font will never run dry. This table will always be full. Four, the grace of God and the love of God is always for you and for all people. It will always be here in one way or another as we remember the generations to come. We have received freely. Give freely. Thanks be to God for the church. Amen.